This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, B.J. Thompson, and licensed therapist, John J.P. Parker, are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with BJ and JP. Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker. And I'm BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Right now, we're going into part two. Um, Seems like we have a lot of part twos, man. I guess that's what happens when you got two dynamic guys and you only give us, you know, I'm saying 20, 30 minutes. Uh, Ah. We got to keep, you know, keep going. Um, And so we're we're doing a follow up to what we did on the last episode. And it was talking about changing your default. And Mm. the first episode, we talked a lot about, you know, just what it looks like to have a default and what a default is. And we gave a few practical things to do. But in this episode, we want to dive in a little deeper and give you some more kind of practical, solid wisdom on how you can kind of just get out of your default, get out of your own way. That's the phrase we're kind of running with right now, um, how to get out of your own way and kind of just be your best you while changing your default, being intentional about changing that default. What say ye, sir? What say ye? Yeah, I'm living my best in life. Um, I ain't going back and forth with you guys. At all. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, no, I love the default setting episode, man. And um, those who listen to it, make sure you take notes on it. It reminded me, though, JP, did I ever mention my failed sports career? Nah, bro. All I know is you being apathetic towards the Dallas Cowboys. You made, you, yeah, you yeah, yeah, okay. That. Yeah. I never said I was apathetic. I oh, said oh. that I'm not a fan or a hater. Okay, true. That's for those true. who are listening, right? Um, but yeah, so, you know, growing up, man, I played sports, uh, played football, ran track during high school, middle school. And, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, my primary role, people always ask me, what was my role? Um, I made sure that every player was hydrated. Um, <laughs> Somebody got to, bro. That's a crucial position. Uh-huh. Uh, look, I had to make sure every person had what they need to drink on Same. the field. Do you need tea? Yeah. Do you need some Kool-Aid? What do you need, right? Yeah. But I remember playing football, and especially in high school, man, you know, a lot of different players from all over the city come together to play in high school football. And, you know, we oftentimes celebrate the game, but the biggest thing is practice, right? Mm-hmm. And I can remember oftentimes freshman year, Going to practice, it is 110 degrees out because it's Texas heat. Mm-hmm. And we're standing around and we're doing hit drills. We're doing running drills. We're doing catching drills. We're doing, you know, plays and just the whatnot. And all these young men are coming together and we are, you know, rallied around the idea of football. And then it's inevitable that this will happen. Mm. Somewhere within 30, 45 minutes, something happens mm. and a player gets so upset that they take their helmet off their head and yeah. they throw it to the ground. 
Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around a high school football coach or in Texas, um, but throwing your helmet to the ground in a fit mm-hmm. essentially is probably one of the most counterproductive things you can do. <laughs> um, you, you sure you sure to, to to get grabbed, to get benched, to get all all the whole nine. Yeah. And here's what I realized about those players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, though it was un, it was counterproductive. Listen, JP, they have been taking their helmet off in frustration since they were playing in Little League. Mm. Right? Okay. And here's what they hadn't learned. That during this time, despite how frustrated they were, their default setting was counterproductive for progress, right? Mm. Yeah, yes. And this is why I think it's important to know default, right? Is... When you get frustrated, when you get exhausted, when you get lost, when you get weary, what have you conditioned yourself to do? And is that thing that you're doing effective for the season and the time that you're in? Come on. So, yeah. Come on, 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 preacher. Come on, preacher. I'm starting out with that. I get paid to do that. (laughs) I see why. (laughs) Yeah, man. What's the time you saw yourself go back to a default, Sam JP? What's the the time you saw yourself default? So I I find that mine is on a like personal professional level, right? Mm. So you know, you just talk about what we get paid to do. So I'm not on your level by any means. Come um, on, bro, don't do this. Don't do I'm this for the people. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> when when I'm giving the talk or a presentation, somebody's recording not at all. There's no recording oh. happening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't get a microphone in my ear that matches my skin tone so people can don't get distracted by this, you know what I mean? Lavalier microphone hanging off my shirt. I don't get, I don't get none of that fancy stuff. My face isn't on a big screen. Come I don't on, get flyers. <laughs> I get asked at the last minute when somebody else, when BJ can't make it, and then BJ's assistant can't make it, then they call me. It's BJ, his mama, his daddy, and then they ask me like, "Ah, right, you can't get his mama or his daddy. You can't get nobody with the same last name." All right, get this guy. Come on, so, man. Come I'm on. Just, I'm just telling you. Go ahead. And this is probably why I don't get those calls. So I'm about to be, you know, transparent. So there's often times when I have a presentation to give, I have a talk to give. Because of my natural ability to speak, because I'm good off, at, at thinking off the top of my head, uh, because I am, you know, good at you know, shooting from the hip, very often I won't prepare as much as I should, meaning mm. I won't get my slides as much as I should, meaning I won't bother to memorize certain facts and figures, uh, meaning I will just kind of like assume that because I do this, right, this is what I do, I will be able to just get up there and do my thing. So inevitably mm. what will happen, especially if it's a new topic, like if it's something that I can do in, you know, in, in my sleep, it's something I can do in my sleep. But sometimes I'll be doing, uh, like the last presentation I gave was about entrepreneurship and procrastination. And how- <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> JP, listen, don't tell yeah. me you procrastinated on the procrastination talk. <laughs> I, hey, man, why wouldn't I? Um, <laughs> so part of my bio I submitted is that I'm a recovering procrastinator. Um, uh, so I didn't really procrastinate as much as I didn't prepare as much as I should have. Um, in a sense that there were some new things, some new material. It's almost like comedians when they're trying to get their 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 set together. They might go into like these hole in the wall clubs, even if it's a Kevin Hart, going to these hole in the wall clubs and just practice material just to kind of get familiar with it. 
And I can't treat my presentations like that. I, I don't need to mm. be getting familiar with my presentations as I'm giving my presentations. Um, and so how I get in my own way is that my pride and how I feel about my abilities, instead of practicing, instead of going over, instead of rehearsing, instead of doing what I need to do and what I know to do to be successful, I assume that my charismatic nature and my charisma will carry me even when I'm failing in front of people. Woo! Huh? Good. So that is that is a default that I need to do something different about. It's not necessarily an anger thing. It's not a for sure. It's more so like, hey, I'm my own worst enemy. I don't prepare like I should. Inevitably, I fail. I don't get a call back for the next conference. Mm. Yeah, you know, when I think about my default settings, um, I think about my default traffic settings. And I think about, man, for a long time, I would allow myself to be driving along you know, happy as uh, as get out. Yeah. And then someone would do something very abrupt and potentially dangerous. And I would go live it. Yes. Like very livid. And, you know, it would be like out of nowhere. Right. And I think, you know, for a long time, I just kept saying to myself, well, you know, had they not cut me off, had they not right. been right. in a situation, just the whatnot. And one day I realized, man, I was watching the news and I was watching um, a story about an incident of road rage um, that resulted in the death of someone, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just to this point, I think it was for the first time I realized that my default traffic setting was something that could actually lead to my death. Yes. Right? Yes. And so that's when I started changing my mindset of, yeah, I've always done it like this, but if I continue on doing it like this, I could not only potentially gain harm, I could lose my life, right? Mm, yeah. And so this is why I think it's important for us to, to discuss default settings is, man, people are in different seasons of life. Things change, relationships change, your work change, your children change, all these different things, your neighborhood change, especially shout out to people living in gentrified neighborhoods, right? Shout out, shout out. Everything is changing all the time. And what was once effective default now could get you harmed, could get you hurt, or listen, or could keep you lingering in the season much longer than what you should. Ooh, come on. Ooh, come on, yeah. man. Yeah, bro. Look, we're coming to play this. Uh-huh, that's right. Uh-huh, JP, yeah. talk to us about the climate of default, of just even culture, man, where we are 2019, as people are looking and hearing that, how have you seen default happening? Bro, it's, it's, it's so interesting. Do you remember the meme where it was the, the the hashtag or whatever was triggered? Uh, vaguely. There's a lot of so, go ahead. So 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 basically, it was any time like they would have it was either SpongeBob and he would like the 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 actual visual meme would be like shook like it was like shaking like it was like unclear and it was oh yeah, 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 yeah right yeah, right yeah, yeah. and so they would have a bunch of whoever it was who'd be triggered and then they would be all it would be shaky or whatever the case may be and I've seen a lot of like. Behavior, be, and uh, you know, and we do a lot of. Well, I do, you know, my role. I do a lot of ragging on social media, millennial culture, all these different things. <laughs> but old man JP, I didn't look at the back of my generation. We didn't have social media rag. We just saying. checked each other in a circle. Go ahead, bro. Go, <laughs> go ahead, man. Go ahead, old man JP. You had to really check somebody in real life. You had to really pull up, man. Yeah. So basically, you have this thing where. 
triggered becomes the model. Trigger, 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 trigger. And so everybody's got a camera out. Everybody's re ready to record. Everybody's ready to, to, to catch World Star, right? And be able to say World Star on the video. World Star! Go ahead, Exactly, Tom. exactly. And I find that that was a phenomenon. I don't know what 2019 is going to bring, but 2018 was definitely like this whole trigger thing where everybody was so quick to jump on a bandwagon, hit a hashtag, be the next Me Too, be the, you know, whatever the case may be, not diminishing Me Too's movement and what it was about, but just everybody was ready, ready to be triggered. So you can't have civil conversations. You can't have discussions. You can't sit, sit down and hash things out like adults. You can't have differing opinions without it being, you know what I'm saying, racist or this or that, or somebody needs to lose their job or go to jail or, you know what I'm saying, get beat up. And I think like it's spilled over from mm. the ability to be a troll, right? You can get behind a keyboard. You can say things. You can type things. You can text things. And you're a gangster and you're tough and you're whatever. Mm. And I feel like the default as a society and the culture we moved to was this triggered, and it was not the overall society, but just little pockets, was this triggered mentality where you're always ready again to whip out your phone, to record something, to to try to make somebody look bad, to, you know, to, to embarrass somebody or whatever. And I think culturally, it just puts people in a place where they can't grow, they can't develop, they can't work through difficulties, they can't work through disagreements, because it's, it's, it's sense of I, I want to be triggered. Does that make sense? I I I, I want a button to be, to be pushed. I want to fly off the handle. I want to blow up. And it doesn't it doesn't do it doesn't do well for for a culture for a society. Yeah, no, it, it makes perfect sense. One of my observations about all those different things, it, kind of to what you're saying is, you know, it's a repetition of something that's ineffective to the outcomes you desire, right? So you you mentioned earlier your pre-show, getting out your own way. Listen, if you like where that thing gets you, keep doing it. <laughs> Do you, boo? Is that right? Do you, boo? <laughs> I, I think that to me, the most profound thing about default settings is we don't like where it takes us. So why are we so stuck in doing it? And I think what you're saying to me, my observation about culture as it evolves is that, you know, many people for the first time are discovering their voice. So the new thing is, I'm going to tell you how I feel because this is all how I've always felt. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's a glorification of self-expression, which is great because what it means is for the first time, you have to communicate, right? Authentically to who you are, right? But here's what it also means for those of you who are listening. It also means that as you communicate authentically, you then have to allow another person to communicate as well in the same type of energy. Mm -hmm. Right. Keep that energy. Keep that same energy. Keep that energy. Yeah. And what I've realized is that people are not ready to grow an interpersonal dialogue with people who are similarly being honest with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is default settings says, well, I'm just going to shut down. Well, I'm just yep. going to cut you off. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to, well, listen, well, you're just going to be lonely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you're just going to be stuck in the situation that you are. And so one of the consequences that I see now is that people are growing more isolated. Though they're growing more authentic, they're growing more isolated because they don't now know how to take their new authentic self and then still authentically connect to the world in a way that it is effective, right? Yeah. yeah. And so for me, the default setting is, what you did when you were a kid. You ever heard the phrase, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home? 
Oh yeah, absolutely, bro. I'm a hooper. Right? I know about that. I've done it myself. Huh? <laughs> bro, I didn't. I never hoop, bro. I've never for real hoop. You know, besides yeah. any pickup games yeah. at the playground. You know, got some money took one time when I was ten years old. Hey, Bet some kids hey. on the court, yeah, and lost. Yeah. Thought yeah, that me and my brother playing. Listen, thought that me and my brother playing on the lower down, up and down goal that yep. you could dunk on. Yeah, we was gonna go out to the ball ballpark, yep. the actual hoop, yeah, hoop, and then we lost bad, 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 bad right? Yep. But listen, when a kid gets angry that what they're doing isn't working on the basketball court, the famous phrase is. If you own the actual ball that you're playing with, I'm taking my ball and going home. Essentially, I'm going to stop it all. Yep. Y'all ain't got to worry about me being a participant in it. But listen, but I own the ball, right? And that's what I see that's happening in this generation is that we got a bunch of folks who want to take their ball and go home. But here's the thing. The thing that you want the most, you still can't get. What do you think about that, JB? How do you see people working against their own interests by defaulting to default settings? Well, the thing that I talk to people the most, and it's something that I've, uh, I don't know if I've coined it or not. Usually I like to try to take credit for things, but I consider it, I call it a crazy cycle. And so mm. when, when we have situations in which we get triggered, you know, some event happens, we'll go back to your road raid situation, right? Somebody cuts you off. Yeah. And the first thing that happens, you have two, two things to how you respond, either a physical action, reaction, yep. or emotional action, or I should say emotional response, right? I get both. I'm both. both up. Go ahead. They both Usually both happens. They're just interchangeable, which comes first or second, right? Yep. So going with the analogy, road rage, somebody cuts you off. Physically, you might yell, you might cuss, you might flash your lights, you might uh, try to cut the person off, get in front of them, zoom in front of them. And then emotionally, it's anger, it's frustration. It's, it's probably mm. beyond anger. It's probably like, you're on fire. You're in fuego. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Burning, <laughs> I mean, you know your hands start burning. <laughs> you know, I, I, your, your, I, I, the toes start, start burning because you're screaming at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't believe your eyes start bucking out your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, there you All go. that. Go ahead. And so then what happens is there's a consequence to that, right? Either you might physically get in that fight. You might get mopped up. <laughs> you get a little more than you can chew. <laughs> Listen, I just saw, I just saw online a guy gets out of his car to fight. Yeah. Bro, and he gets mopped up. Uh, <laughs> I go, dang, no. Uh, uh, you should have uh, stayed in the car. Go ahead, bro. Listen, don't get out that, the car to fight. Keep driving. Go right. ahead. And you probably had your kids in the car, too. That made even worse. You got to explain what happened. Daddy, you're bleeding. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. It worked out for me today. I thought I was on. thought I was rolling. Nah, not so much. Um, uh, you know, or you may get a ticket. Say, you know, a cop sees you following the person too closely yeah. or you speeding or whatever. The other person gets away and you get caught, right? So there's a consequence that happens. So, and I call this the crazy cycle because it happens every time. Every time somebody mm. cuts you off, this is what happens. This is what happens. This is what happens. This is what happens. So you're in your own way because you haven't figured out or found out or realized that you need to do something different, right? You need to change that default. So what I tell people is that you have to have a coping skill in place somewhere in between the trauma, the physical response, the emotional response, and to change your outcome, right? So you, ha you have the trauma, you have a coping skill that needs to take place either before or after the emotional response, before or after the physical response, so that the outcome is different. Give you an example. Sometimes... You may have an emotional response to somebody cutting you off. You may, your heart might start pumping fast, right? 
before you have a physical response, like flipping the person off or flashing your lights, you stop and think. You say, hey, John, the last time or every time or whenever this happens, I fly off the handle and it ends bad for me. Let me change my physical response so that I can avoid the same old problems that happen when I respond wrongly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So you have to have something in place that keeps you from continuing that cycle. And one of the biggest things when it comes to what I what I say the crazy cycle, like the killer, what the stopper is, is immediately focusing on something different, right? Because the minute you allow yourself to keep dwelling on the fact that this food cuts you off, that they're making you late, that they put your life at risk, that you got your babies in the backseat, that you got places to be too, the more Come likely on, you are to respond to that person or be mad when you get to work and fool around and get fired because you yell at the wrong person. Right. Mm. So make it plain, JP. Make it plain. Go ahead, bro. So what you have to do is stop immediately. Decide, hey, I'm going to think something different and immediately change your mind. You know what I'm saying? You cannot allow yourself to continue to go down that rabbit hole. It's like you get into a a, a consistent argument with your loved one over and over again. Back to you know a couple. I don't know if it was last episode or episodes before that. Me and the wet mat. Me and being mad at my wife about the wet mat. I can continue to think about when I step down on a wet mat. I can continue to think about all the times we've had conversations about wet mats. Or I can say, man, John, you tripping, bro. It's not that big a deal. Your wife loves you. You love her. She wouldn't do anything intentionally to you to harm you, to da-da-da, blah, blah, blah. And, and remember, she gave up her life to marry you. She could be married to somebody that's a baller, that has everything going for them. She could be doing could. much better than what she's doing. She really could. could be. She could. Absolutely could. Right? And I need to remind myself of that and stay humble in that moment and say, you know what? She can have the wet mat. That it's it's all her. You know what I mean? Yeah. As soon yeah. as you get down that rabbit hole, hate, 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 hate consumes your heart. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, this is good. So th- this is what this is the two things I'm hearing. Is that one? We have to be dissatisfied with the outcomes that come with that default setting, right? Truly dissatisfied with it. Two, what I'm also hearing from you is. It's not about changing the circumstance. It's about taking responsibility Amen. for your Absolutely. behavior, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the most challenging thing for this generation is that when we get into places of default and stuck and we hate the outcome, we see that we're stuck and then we emphasize the flaws of other people. Right. Instead of taking personal responsibility and changing our own behavior. This is how you challenge default settings. Listen, I'm going to say this. Traffic is going to always be crazy. I live in Atlanta. It's going to always be crazy. Yeah. Marriage is going to always be hard. Your situation with your friends is always going to be messy because we live in a messy world. Politics is always going to be dramatic, right? So if you're waiting on those things to change, then you may as well just go and see King Jesus, right? <laughs> Be with um, the Lord. And so it's not about those things changing. And this is what I've learned. It's the biggest thing I've learned. It's about me changing. Amen. Yeah. It's about me saying, yo, people die because they fly off the handle in a road rage incident. Therefore, instead of me flying off the handle when said person honks their horn the second it turns to green. Yeah. I'm going to say, hey, how has that default setting brought me peace and created the outcomes that I wanted? 
And then I had to be honest with myself and say, man, it's never done that. It's only made me upset, frustrated, you know, neck, throat hurting because I'm screaming. Um, then I had to apologize if my kids are in the car. I'm like, hey, so I'm so sorry. I've never said that. I have to take personal responsibility. And then this is what I've, I began to do, JP, after reflecting, you know, post-failure, right, which I think is another key. You have to reflect post-failure at times, not always a success. I had to say, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Listen, no one was harmed, right? So part of challenging your default settings and my default settings is bringing in the truth to counteract the strong lie that is lingering that's causing you to behave the way that you are. What else? How else do we challenge these default settings, JP? What are some things that we can do to confront, challenge, and then redirect our default settings? If we're going to look at it from a psychological or even a therapeutic standpoint, one thing that I think people forget, well, I won't think forget, they may not even know they need to, is really understand the root from where this default comes from. Give us and an some, example. Give us an example, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a practical and, example with a client or a person. For sure. Um, so you'll have someone who, whenever, so we'll say a man, right? Whenever their wife okay. gives them some type of uh, instruction or, or perceived instruction, like, hey, can you take out the trash? They become irritable. They become uh, defensive. Uh, Loaded. They meet. Yeah, they they don't want to do what they want to do. It may be because said gentleman is reminded of those times where their mother interrupted them while they were playing video games or while they were outside or while they were upstairs to come hand them the remote. Woo. Like, what? Wait a minute, Mom. You're standing right next. You're sitting. The, the remote is literally two feet away from you. But you called me in from outside all loud in the street, yelling out the window in front of my friends, got me to come in the house, to hand you the remote that was already too... You actually had to walk further to the porch to yell out my name. Sheesh. Just grab the remote that was right next to you. So when you Brother, hear you your wife... Hey, bro. I know my mama. Oh. And they, my mama probably <laughs> your mama. <laughs> I know our mama. <laughs> um, so, so, so basically, whenever your wife asks you to take out the trash, there's some kind of trauma that comes up and it reminds you of your Good. mama yelling your name out, right? So you have to, so you at some point have to examine, you have to take personal responsibility, which is always my go-to on this podcast, of assessing why that road raise makes you do what you do, or why that 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 mm. person cutting you off. That. Why when your wife asks you to take out the trash, you get all bent out of shape. Why every time your uh your son or daughter brings home somebody you don't think they should date, it gets on your nerves. Why you know all of these type of things instead of just passing it off as oh well next time I'll get it right or oh blah blah blah, blah that's on them that's the other person no. Examine yourself and understand what you have going on so that you can defeat that. Because as long as we allow that thing to stay around and don't uncover and dig it up by its roots, we're going to be bound to that thing. We have to unearth the issue so that we can tackle it, we can look at it, we can understand what it is, we can intentionally defeat this enemy that that lies within us. Good. Good. That's amazing. You know, one of my new phrases, JP is before you can move forward, you have to look back. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yep. Right? Yep. We live in a society that's telling you to forget everything. Yo, it's, it is far as the East is from the West. New year, new me, right? 
And we live by those mantras. And here's the problem. My road rage is connected to the fact that I grew up in a community where a form of disrespect could get you killed. Yep. Right? So if I don't acknowledge that that is the roots, listen, I'll put more weight and bearing on someone in my present, listen, that has nothing to do with them, but has more to do with my past. Yeah. Right? Come on. Some of us are fearful of relationships and being hurt. And, you know, so every time our significant other hurts us, we have this overly dramatic experience with them. And they're so confused where this anger and this frustration is coming from. Well, that came from my ex. <laughs> come on. Come on. Right? Come on. Huh? Yeah. Get to it. That, that came from my ex. That came from the layers and layers of relationships that I have not dealt with and the things that have happened there that I still felt a ways about, I have not resolved. And now I'm struggling in my present reality to have peace, right? And so again, looking back can be somewhat traumatic because you have to tell the truth. But what it'll do to your present relationships is it will save them some of the weight that has nothing to do with them. Listen, if you're screaming on your friends and if you're losing it at work, it ain't got nothing to do with work. Work is the is the cam, what do they call it? the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. It could be that you felt completely unheard in your, you know, formation or relationship or some area where you had to be vulnerable. Now you're gonna make sure that when you ever sense that again. You'll never feel like that. You'll never feel like people aren't hearing you. Therefore, you apply more force than what you ought to, right? And so part of the work of challenging and changing the default setting is discontentment with the outcomes, is personal responsibilities, but it is being able to say, I need to look back in order to move forward, right? Can you explain you to you? Uh, do you know your own story? Are you willing to go back there? And if you write off, oh, well, that's the past. That's not a big deal. Well, listen, you, my friend, are now a candidate for being stuck. You call it the crazy cycle, JP? Yes, sir. Yep. To be caught in the crazy cycle, not just in your 20s, but in your 30s and in your, and 40s, your 40s. And, and, your 50s. and then listen, in your 50s and then your mm-hmm. 60s. Yep. Right. And what we're trying to do with this podcast is pull you out of the crazy cycle. Say, man, I do feel discontentment in this area. Man, I do not choose to look back because it's so painful. Right. And I don't know how to take a personal responsibility. JP, any closing practical applications just to help our listeners leave from default setting? Yeah. I, I, I want people to understand and realize that what we're talking about is getting past and growing past the defense mechanisms. Like we want you to grow. We want you to develop. So if you are looking at it like a summation, not necessarily a summation, but a general idea of why this is important, because BJ just said, if you don't grow past, if you don't get past, if you don't become greater than these traumas, you're going to continually become victim to these things. Good. And what the old folks say, which I don't know why the old folks don't take their own advice, but they say the only, <laughs> the only thing worse than a young fool is an old fool. An old fool. Yeah, right? And it's like you become an old fool, old fool, old fool, when uh, you decide that, or don't decide or whatever the case may be, you don't take control of these 
these little things that keep coming up, these emotional responses, uh, these physical responses, um, these default mechanisms. And we're just here, we're here to help you to, to, to get out of that cycle, man, to, to break that. Yeah, good. So yeah, so you may be listening going, man, this is overwhelming. There's a book that I just started reading. Uh, it's around the idea of trauma. It's called The Soul of Shame by Kurt Thompson. Really great book. Uh, you should pick it up. Uh, he really unpacks the idea of dealing with trauma and shame. And if you need a little bit more personal help, you know, I know that this can be very challenging. JP, where can people find, what, what's one place that people can find some personal help? Man, there's this great website. It's called Build a Better Us. And on that website, you have the availability to choose by your own liking, by someone's mm. face, by their features, by their perceived age, uh, by their bio, and say, hey, you know what? I need a free session for 30 minutes to help me figure out whether or not I'm moving in the right direction and how a life coach can help me. Buildabetterus.com. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, and we just brought on two therapists, um, Nancy and Bob. I'm great. I'm practicing for over 35 years. I've been married for almost 40 years this year, which is really great. And yeah, make sure you go to buildabetterus.com, click get involved, and set up your free initial consultation because our job is to help you become a better you so that we can become a better us. Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by the Better Samaritan podcast, where Jamie Ayton and Kent Annan discuss everything from simple acts of kindness to complex humanitarian challenges with their guests. Want to learn how to faithfully do good better? Find insights at The Better Samaritan.